Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Rent Network. I'm David Solomon. As you can see, I'm flying solo. Stuart Brisgell is away on assignment. He's probably on a plane somewhere. And uh, we wish him well, and we'll see him on Wednesday. And usually when Stuart's not around, the rant that I like to take on is not strictly on the United States, but goes beyond the borders of the United States. And today my conversation will be is, do you know what the media has missed in the last two odd months? It's really simple. If you look at what's going on in the world outside of the U.S. borders, you know there are other stories that occur other than American politics. And I know here in Canada, we do the same thing. Other than Canadian politics, what do we do? We look and we look out for these stories. And we're so enthralled by the Trump stories and the Republicans and all that malarkey. But the stories that the story that one of the things that slipped through the cracks, I love this one, is the fact that the state of Israel went through a power transition that went noticed and didn't go noticed, but should have gone. What do I mean? Benjamin Netanyahu was returned to power after another election in Israel. Yet another election where there is never a majority. There's always minority governments and coalitions. And the previous government that was a, quote, centrist and left and Arab party coalition collapsed and went to an election. And lo and behold, Benjamin Netanyahu And his right-wing coalition, along with the religious parties, were brought back to power. And the comment was, here we go again, a Trump-like lover is back in power. He's in power. It's a Trump. And again, we use this word Trump to delineate delineate a radical, right-wing, eccentric, blah, blah. Benjamin Netanyahu was not even close to that. In fact, he had a relationship with Donald Trump, which was great. And then Donald Trump decided Netanyahu was his enemy. That's the Trump story. But we're talking about Israel here. What's funny, though, is that the comment that was made with Netanyahu's return to power is yet again another proof that the peace process between Israel and the Palestinians is dead. This comment, again, resonated by media and politicians, has proven to be a propaganda-like false narrative that just keeps coming back again and again and again that has absolutely nonsensical, other than the fact that there are racial overtones and undertones and directiveness and whatever. There's so much racism behind it. It's amazing. Now, what do I mean by that? You know, this whole notion that the only path to peace in the Middle East is that if Israel and the Palestinians come to an agreement and the Palestinians have their country, the entire Middle East will be resolved. Everything will be fine. Nothing's further than the truth. Peace in the Middle East has been proven to be brought together by right the proper negotiations. The Palestinian authority, not the people, the authorities, the leaders, the terrorists that run this area have no interest in peace. They're interested in power, money, and pressure. They're not interested in helping their people. And proof has gone again. There have been numerous amount of proof, which I'll get to. But it's proof that when the Donald Trump, one of the good things that Donald Trump did with Benjamin Netanyahu was bring together the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Morocco, South Sudan to the table to negotiate the Abraham Accords. And lo and behold, 
we have ourselves these wonderful accords. We have with ourselves this relationship. UAE and Israel has absolutely turned into the model of what peace in the Middle East could look like, ignored by the media. Also ignored by the media is the overt attacks by governments towards Israel. And one of those examples has been, for example, the Trudeau government here in Canada. You see, the Trudeau government cannot stop paying anti-Semites, anti-Israel supporters. And I don't mean, listen, you want to criticize Israel, knock yourself out. But when you use propaganda and hate to push your, your, your agenda forward, then, well, guess what? It's a load of crap. And the government did it again with publisher Nazi Khataba, whose newspaper, Al-Mushwar, is notorious for such things as calling the Holocaust a holo-hoax and claiming that Jewish bankers financed the Nazi party. And the Canadian government gave money to not only to this guy, but to others. Now, what's sickening about it is that it wasn't just him who attended his event. No, no, no. There was an event. And God forbid, God forbid, God forbid, people would pay attention to the fact that, you know, he isn't, these are overt racists. Holocaust deniers, propagandists who are looking to destroy Israel. And you would think that, okay, maybe it was an oversight. It can't be an oversight when people who attended this event Lieutenant this event included Green Party leader Elizabeth May, NDP's Nikki Ashton, Conservative MP Liberal, uh, Conservative MP Larry Brock, others who attended this event, members of government including Omar Al Habra. They loved it. If you look at the picture, they're all wearing Palestinian scarves. Now, I have no problem with a Palestinian state. I've said this numerous times. I have a problem when your goal is not to create a Palestinian state, but to destroy Israel. And that's what these people want. These so-called politicians support. Should I go on? The interesting thing is that people like to make the comment that this is strictly you know, come on, David, you know, it, it, it's not what you're making it sound. There is no global attack on Israel. Really? Let's take the United Nations, for example, the body that I like to call the useless body. In December of 2022 alone, 2022 alone, the United Nations was the most criticized body by far. 15 resolutions were tabled against Israel. 13 were tabled against the rest of the world. That includes Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and so on. Amazing to think that Israel gets 15 while the Russians have invaded Ukraine, decimated war crimes, you name it. And the entire 192 other country bodies that are there got a total of 13 resolutions against them. 
This isn't a one-time effect. This is a normal. This is normal at the United Nations. Now, you would say, okay, there are a bunch of rogue states. Come on, David, leave it alone. But that's not it at all. Navi Pillai, who is heading, uh, she, she's one of the heads in the United Nations, in the, in the, in the um, human, you know, human relations and, sorry, in, 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 in human, you know, human affairs. She said, quote, the government of Israel really resents a comparison between apartheid South Africa and Israel. But apartheid has now been declared a crime against humanity in the Roman statute. And it means that, that enforcing the forced segregation of people on racial lines. And that is happening in Israel. It is a blatant lie. It is a blatant lie. Israelis and Arabs are not divided on racial lines. The opposite. If that were true, then chief justices would not be Arabs. Do have, there are Supreme Court Arab justices that the chief medical officer in Israel would not be an Arab, but he is, amongst other things. In apartheid state, one race has no, no freedoms, no rights. But in this case, the Arabs in Israel vote, sat in government, and are able, able to have daily lives as normal as Israelis. They are Israelis. Yosef Haddad, an Arab-Israeli advocate, activist, has gone worldwide to promote the fact that these type of anti-Israel remarks are false, that Israel is furthest from an apartheid state. It makes no sense. Let's take another head of the United Nations. Christopher Sidotti writes, accusations of anti-Semitism are thrown around like rice at a wedding. Let's deflect the truth. Here's another one. Milun Khutari, another head in the United Nations. We are very disheartened by the social media that is controlled largely by whether it is the Jewish lobby or it is specific NGOs. A lot of money is being thrown into trying to describe this. Really? So what do we got here, folks? The Human Rights Council of the United Nations, governments, politicians, all looking to discredit Israel. You know, it's funny. If you ever look at the history of the Northern Ireland, when, you know, when in 1919 the British ruled Northern Ireland, the Irish Republican Army or the IRA tried to use terrorism to get rid of the British. And it took decades fighting before finally Sinn Féin, their political arm, turned to the IRA and said, can't continue doing this. If we don't lay down our arms, we will not achieve our goal of an independent state. And that is exactly what happened. Overnight, when the IRA laid down their arms, negotiations began. And almost instantaneously, was there a resolution? The so-called Good Friday Agreement was signed almost a year, almost two years, sorry, two years from the day they, uh, they laid down their arms, there was an agreement and a vote for the Irish Republic and the Northern Ireland. Agreement that created a North, new Northern Assembly with equal say among unionists and nationalists. 
because the end game, the goal here was an independent state. To get rid of the British, yes, be independent. The Palestinian Authority has been told, you don't have to lay down your arms. World governments are supporting you. Continue your fight. Illegal firing of missiles from Gaza into Israel, that's okay. We support it. Anytime something goes wrong, we will blame Israel. Israel's being brought to the international court because of crimes. Because again, this endgame is not about creating a Palestinian state or peace in the Middle East. Instead, what it is to do is to create, to discredit Israel and to destroy her. There is no goal for peace. If there was, then just like the UAE did, let's get to the table. Let's negotiate. Let's figure things out. Egypt, Jordan took the you know, the aggressive move of formalizing peace even without taking other steps. And yes, Anwar Sadat from Egypt and King Hussein of Jordan took flack internally and was told certain, you know, their lives were threatened because of this move. Because the notion was you couldn't make peace with Israel without giving the Palestinians what they wanted. If that were true, they would dismantle all of the refugee camps and resettle them. They would, ref, you know, they would actually come to the table and negotiate a real peace settlement, a real ability to create a state. Now, I've taken a lot of heat from people I know because my remarks come across as anti-Arab, anti-Palestinian, and they're not even close to that. The opposite. I know many Palestinians who are dying for a state, who want to negotiate, who want peace, who want a regular life. None of this terror, none of this threat, none of this use of political pawns. But the international community and their allies have all continued to promote this notion that Israel is the pariah in this case. And unless Israel is destroyed, there is no peace in the Middle East and there is no opportunity for a Palestinian state. When the Palestinians lay down their arms, ladies and gentlemen, there will be peace between Israel and Palestinians. And until then, the war is because of our governments and UN bodies who continue to push an anti-Israel, anti-Semitic agenda. Because it just seems like history has to repeat itself. Ladies and gentlemen, on that note, love you and leave you. I'll catch you on the other side on Wednesday. Have yourselves a great week. Stay well and stay safe.